Hey, everybody. So before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to first and foremost say thank you for all the support that we got on the first episode. Vade and I really had a blast recording that, and it was amazing to hear that y'all were enjoying it as much as we were. That being said, I know some of you out there don't know me or Vade personally, and because of that, I made an email address if y'all had any sort of comments or just feedback in general that you wanted to share. Send me an email at tgifiction at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Another thing about today's episode, uh, we did have some issues with the recording that we realized after the fact. I tried to edit it as best as possible. You're not really missing any real content, but there are going to be a couple of skips in the recording. Uh, I did my best to work around it, but you know, you can only do so much. All in all, I hope it doesn't ruin your experience. Uh, this episode was fantastic. It was an absolute blast to record, and I really hope you all enjoy it as much as you seem to enjoy the last one. Have a good one, guys. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thank God It's Fiction, the podcast where I spend far too much time scouring the net for the worst, most uncomfortable fan fictions this world has to offer and read them to you for your entertainment. This podcast is intended for mature audiences and may contain strong language, violence, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. The stories herein are read as written, and all credit goes to the author. There will be a link to the story we are reading in the show notes, should you be inclined to read it for yourself. Enjoy! So I figured we should probably start this off with a, a small recap of of where we hit last time. Actually, first and foremost, let's start this off. Uh, do you want to? Don't you have an wanna... opening? No, that's that's pre-recorded. I don't have to fucking do that. Oh well, yeah, time. we're we're, we're cool around be... here. Forget. <laughs> we're legit. Be way too much. It'd be way too much work for me to go over my that little spiel every time. I got you. Um. So actually, first and foremost, I'm gonna start this off by giving you another chance to to at your introduction. Oh, second chances. Yeah, second Ooh. chances. Hello, because you uh, were not prepared for the last one. No, I was not. Uh, hello, my name is Vader. Um, Twitter.com uh, slash uh, VaderTV1 and uh, DSM Vader on Twitch. Uh, show me some love. And um, yeah, I'm back. And to all the people that reached out to Dixie with your um, with your ideas and stuff like that and your um, comments, we love those. So keep those coming, and uh, yeah, it's really all I wanted to say to open it up. I'm excited to be here again, man. I'm I'm pumped. I don't know about yeah, you. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this for for days. Like ever since we finished the first recording, I've been wanting to do this again. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad I like... we gave it a couple days in between just to give us that extra that um like if we would have did it the other day, like I would have liked it. But now I'm just at the point where I'm right in that sweet spot. Like I've had a couple days off, but now I'm ready again. Yeah. So. And I I love the the shameless self promotion that you threw in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You, you, you got this time it. around. You think this time around I wasn't going to? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta be kidding. Okay, so uh, yeah, today we're getting back into part two of uh, where the broken ends meet for, by the corrosive pen. Again, that will be linked in the show notes. But first, we're gonna start this off with a small recap uh, because it's it's been a few days. It's been, been a like a week since the last since the last episode was released. So we, we can muggle terms. Yeah. 
I mean, we have the added benefit of being able to record this like two days early. Oh, hi, future me. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. So recapping. Yeah. So we started the story off with uh, Hermione in a tower somewhere. I don't think it ever actually said where. Uh, And she had the time turner around her neck and she had spun it and was sitting there counting the rotations when a Death Eater came up to her and threw the chain around his neck as well. And so they both ended up going back in time. It turns out that Death Eater was Draco Malfoy, and they had been transported back to 1943 Hogwarts. Correct. Yep. Uh, and Mal- yep, was, you said that. Malfoy yeah. went with them. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and this was to... This is to right some wrongs that happened uh, during the war with Voldemort uh, in which the forces of justice appear to have lost uh, from what we've heard. Like it, it's over. Uh, so Hermione's going back in time to try and basically save the world. And, basically uh, a last ditch effort type thing. Yeah. And apparently Malfoy's along for the ride. Uh, when they arrive at Hogwarts, it passed past Hogwarts. Uh, Dumbledore stumbles upon them and notices immediately that something's not right. So after a brief interaction with them, he finds out what's happening through use of uh, his his mind-reading magics and ends up helping Hermione and Draco Malfoy blend in to the student body, even though they are older. He's come up with, well, they collectively came up with a cover story, considering this is during the time uh, where, uh, what's his name, Grindwald? Grindwald, yep. Grindwald, Grindwald, something. He's like running his campaign across uh, across Europe. And so the cover story is that they are uh, refugees from France who had their wizard schooling interrupted. So they are coming to Hogwarts to finish their schooling. So they end up moving into like a guest house tower kind of thing. And from there. They... Hold on a second. Let's not what? let's not skim over what happened. Oh, power. yes, yeah, that's right, that's right. Let's not skip over, <laughs> she got, she was super excited over Malfoy there for a second, and, you know. That's right, so, uh, yeah, they Let's ended up having skip to, over that. I almost said Gan- Gandalf, what the hell's wrong with me? Um, Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf the Grey! <laughs> I'm in the wrong universe already. You shall not pass! <laughs> Starting this off with a fucking bang. Oh, good. Hey, after the last <laughs> episode, they already think we're idiots, so... What's yeah, it gonna hurt out now? So we're good it's to par go. Part of the course. Yeah, we're good. Uh, so Dumbledore uh, said, like, points out that Malfoy strikes has a striking resemblance to one of his current students, uh, Abraxas, his grandfather. So they end up dyeing Draco's hair black, uh, and as soon as that happens, man, Hermione is just all about it. Like she is <clears throat> having this inner monologue about how. Oh, I I always knew he was objectively handsome, but now <clears throat> just now, god damn, like a snack, <laughs> looking like a, a whole snack, as the kids would say. Uh, so they end up going down to the sorting hat ceremony that just so happened to be that night, uh, and they ended up uh, getting sorted into Slytherin, both of them. Uh, I guess I'm glossing over something here. During the sorting hat ceremony, they see tom riddle for the first time uh the whole plan is to come the back target here and, of the show, and kill of the, tom riddle yeah they see him for the first time and story. my god hermione wants to break off a piece of that mm. 
Like she, she creams her pants over that. Yeah, oh so she was God. she was excited about this new dark haired Malfoy, but goddamn, Tom Riddle is something else. Uh, and yeah, dude, she <sighs> could barely contain herself. <clears throat> well, my, one of my favorite parts was when she was looking at Tom and she was like getting all excited, and then uh, Malfoy was like, "Look," he's like, "Snap out of it!" And then she looked at Malfoy and she's like, "Well, it wasn't. It's like it didn't get any easier." She's she went from like extremely handsome to like handsome like she was she was believe, having a moment there like i believe draco i believe draco's uh exact words were you look like a bitch in heat <laughs> <laughs> oh no so uh, yeah so they end up uh they they end up so- getting sorted into slytherin and from there to they her, go to her like surprise right she was yeah, to her surprise she was not expecting that she was expecting a ravenclaw i think was what she was kind of expecting to happen uh Correct. so they end up going to the slytherin house uh and get their bunks and whatnot and while they're in there they have a very brief interaction with uh tom riddle which is really just a meeting more than anything else and one of the other girls from slytherin uh, i believe her name was aurelia she walks up to Hermione and, and Draco and is talking to them and points out that Tom Riddle has shown more interest in Hermione in the few minutes that they've had a chance to interact than he has anyone else in his entire time at Hogwarts. Correct. So we'll have to see where that goes. And that was pretty much where we left off. Um, yeah, she, she, I think she said, I can handle myself or something like that. And she yeah. said, yeah, oh. Hermione said, I can hold my own. And Aurelia yep. said, oh, I have no doubt of that. I have no doubt. So, do you think that was, like, a sarcastic? Or do you think she actually believed her when she said that? I'm taking it as kind of like a sarcastic or like a, oh, you have no idea kind of thing. Yeah. So, my, so looking, so we looked back, now looking forward, what's your, I kind of want to know, like, what's your prediction for this next couple of chapters? What what do you think is going to happen? I have no idea. I'm not going to lie to you. I I'm just along for the ride. I, see, I'm that person who doesn't think during movies or TV shows or anything. So, like, I'm never going to be that person who leans over and is like, yo, that's the bad guy. Or, like, this yeah. is what's about to happen. That's not me. I'm just Okay, well, I ride. am that guy, and that's why I'm here. So Perfect. So, hey, you get a little bit, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little salt, a little pepper. So, I think she might, she's going to have some sort of physical something with one of the characters in these next couple chapters. That's my, that's my, that's my opinion. I don't know if it's, it's, it might not be something major. It might not even be like actually like physical kiss, but it's going to be like an act, like a connection of some sort, like that, right. that next step into that connection. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, that's all. I, I also, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm sure we're going to, maybe she's going to be in some classes or something like that. I, I don't really, we don't read ahead. So we have no idea what's happening. This is yeah, all live. It's definitely this worth all... reiterating. This, yes. we, we don't read any of this beforehand. Like this is we're going through this just as clueless as as you are. Yep. We we want to give you the reactions live, so that's that's part of the fun. So that's what we're here. So um without just, further ado, the yeah. man, the myth, the legend, Dixie, and his beautiful, soothing reading voice is about <laughs> to marinate us. Marinate <laughs> me. What is a faucet, boy? <laughs> I think you meant I think you meant serenade, yeah. but we'll go with it. Letter serenade. Marinade. <laughs> will you marinate? Yeah, whatever. You get it. The people at home get it. Alright. So where the broken ends meet by the corrosive pen. 
Chapter 6. God damn, boy. <clears throat> the next month dragged by in fits of boredom, interrupted occasionally by Malfoy's caustic stares and Riddle's attempts to corner her in some remote location of the castle. Thankfully, at least when it came to Riddle, Malfoy was glued to her like a second skin. They sat together in every class, and outside class, he wouldn't take a step away from her unless Aurelia was present. He seemed to have appointed the Slytherin girl her secondary babysitter. Hermione didn't need Aurelia, or Malfoy, but she was thankful that Malfoy seemed to trust the other girl for reasons only known to him. Hermione would likely have murdered Malfoy within the first week if Aurelia hadn't been around to give her a respite from his incessant and impossible company. Half of the school thought they were dating. The other half thought they were related. Most of the Slytherins, clearly noticing Malfoy's dark, brooding, and overly possessive behavior, had left her mercifully alone. In truth, Hermione and Malfoy didn't talk. They hardly even looked at each other, and they sure as hell didn't trust each other. Nothing had changed since the first day when she had figured out he didn't want to kill her, but also had no interest in helping her either. So they ignored each other as they sat together in classes, as they walked the halls a step apart, as they worked on assignments in the common room, thighs touching as they perched on the couch, utterly inseparable, and yet a world apart. A tingle at the base of her spine every time she saw his dark fringe drop across stormy eyes hadn't abated, but she'd become adept at burying the feeling. Her breath might still catch and her skin burn at even the slightest touch of his alabaster skin, but he was still cold marble, an ice prince in every way that mattered. It still took an inordinate amount of energy to fight the growing ache in the pit of her stomach, the urge to find connection with another, to share heat and flesh and breath. Clearly three years of war followed by a time jump halfway across a century had left her nerve endings overly sensitive and her, the imperfections of her psyche exposed. How else could she justify her continued reactions to Riddle, with whom she'd managed to avoid any contact beyond the occasional pleasantry? Malfoy she could excuse. She knew that he didn't pose an immediate threat, but Riddle? He was absolutely a danger to her. To the whole damn world. And yet, every time she locked eyes with him, she was lost in those infinite cobalt depths, negated in a mere moment. It was a feeling she could not abide. It was that was utterly impossible that was utterly unattainable. Thus, she avoided him at all costs, allowing to become her constant shadow, despite him being oil to her water. Better to throw her lot in with the devil she knew than to throw the world away for the taste of the impossible. You're staring at the bloody bastard again. Hermione tore her eyes away from Riddle. I just have no idea how you expect to accomplish your goals while you're pining after your target. I, I, liked, I like the fact that like time travel apparently makes you horny. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's, yeah that's you know, good stuff. That's, that's it's well known. That as a as a time traveler myself, I can say that is one hundred percent accurate. Yeah, you know, you get hungry and horny from time traveling. So I thought yeah, I'd yeah. point that out because that was I thought yeah. that was kind of funny. Yeah, I just have no idea how you expect to accomplish your goals while you're pining after your target like a sick nasal. What do you care if I succeed? The knife flashed in the dim light of the potions classroom. I don't. Are you going to use that on me? A dark smirk settled on his full lips. I am sorely tempted, but you're still my only way out of this mess, Gable. So no, you can sleep safe another night. Oh joy, she unceremoniously dumped the diced flobber worm into their potion. 
The surface of the potion changed from rolling green to milky white. Is it supposed to do that? Malfoy pursed his lips, a broad shoulder rising in a half shrug. You were always the exceeds expectations student, not me. Hermione's eyes shot to meet his wintry stare. I seem to recall that you were close on my heels, at least until sixth year. Ooh, shots fired. A madman in the parlor has a way of messing up your study schedule. He deadpanned, eyes rimmed with ice. Hermione's lips parted to respond, but snapped shut again as Slughorn moved to stand before their table. A wide smile engulfed his lips as he stared down at the milky white potion. He turned to face the rest of the class as he hollered, Gather round, gather round! Hermione caught Malfoy's uneasy looks as the rest of the sixth-year potions class, including Riddle, crowded around their potion. She stepped back, her shoulder brushing gently against his as they anxiously watched Slughorn gesticulate wildly. Now here we have a perfect elixir of winter. Miss Gable and Mr. Mallet have worked in harmony to create the finest one of these I've seen in decades. You don't get a potion like this without a strong foundation of trust between the brewers. <laughs> if only this guy knew. <laughs> He's taking a while. He's like, yeah, like, be yeah. like them. Right. And then they're just, yeah. <laughs> if you only knew. <laughs> you only knew. Slughorn continued on, but Hermione's brain had short-circuited. Trust? The potion was a sign that she and Malfoy shared trust? That was absurd. There was nothing between them except an understanding, a very precarious understanding that merely served to keep them both alive in this hostile environment. Nothing more. She could feel Malfoy go absolutely rigid against her side, and she didn't dare look at him. Instead, she watched as the students dissipated, Slughorn clearly done with his spiel, until only Riddle remained. Weighty cobalt eyes swung between Hermione and her partner for a long moment. Dacian, would you mind if I borrowed your friend for a moment? The question was innocent enough, but the hard edge beneath Riddle's words were undeniable. Hermione finally looked into the tempests of Malfoy's eyes, but he didn't look back, gaze locked on Riddle instead. The harsh edge of his jaw sharpened as he stared across the, at the younger boy. Anything you have to say, Miss Gable, you can say in front of me. Riddle took a step closer to Malfoy, edging around the side of the table until the two were nearly toe-to-toe. -to -toe. It'll only be a second, Mallet. You can stand to be without your bloody girlfriend for at least a minute, can't you? We're not dating. Malfoy cut into her protest, spitting the word. Riddle blinked, a dark and dangerous light igniting behind his eyes. In that case, I can think of no reason why you're still standing here, Mallet. Hermione was caught in a winter blizzard as Malfoy's gaze met hers. They'd run out of excuses. She could see just how much he hated to walk away at this moment, but there was nothing left to say that Riddle would believe. They'd managed to avoid this conversation for a month, but their time had run out. Sighing, Hermione gave Malfoy the smallest of nods. He was gone a moment later. There's more to you than meets the eye, Miss Gable, Riddle commented, dark eyes trailing Malfoy's departure. Hermione swallowed, doing her best to avoid eye contact and all the unwanted feelings Riddle evoked. What makes you say that? 
You and Dacian make a perfect potion despite not having had a proper schooling for some time. That speaks to a significant amount of training, despite the war. Hermione stared at the wall behind Riddle's shoulder, unsure of what he was implying. I don't think I follow. I apologize. Perhaps I should be more forthright. Based on your skill and Dacian's, I am forced to draw the conclusion that you fought in the war. Would I be correct? His tone was gentle, but Hermione knew better. Riddle had already put the pieces together. Fighting in the war had never been part of their cover story. It seemed far too implausible for two students to be so battle-hardened. But Hermione could understand how someone with keen observational skills, which Riddle clearly possessed, could discern the truth. She and Malfoy were both overly cautious, always scanning their surroundings. They were more skilled in defense spells than their peers. Their potions were almost always perfect. It didn't take a genius to figure out they had seen time on the front lines of battle. So she couldn't lie to Riddle, couldn't brush aside his assertion like a piece of lint. Yes, we fought. And you killed. His words were a punch to her gut, and she couldn't help the swing of her eyes to meet his. There was a hunger within his dark stare that scared her, that spoke of far more than mere desire. Hermione swallowed around the lump in her throat. War is messy, Mr. Riddle. Oh my god, it just hit me. Hmm. So, I'm, I'm listening, okay, so, she, he, we, we talked about how he has an eye for her, right? Yeah. And he's obviously attracted for, but now I'm starting to think by the way he, the way that he's approaching her is almost like he wants to convert her to his cause in a way. Cause he's yeah. so, he's so intrigued by her because, and then with this whole thing of he asked and you killed. Like that was that question alone right there. Oh, it wasn't sketchy. a question. That was ended with a period. That yeah, a and you killed, right? So he's thinking he's like, not only is this girl, not only do I want this girl, but I can use her as well. Well, do we think that at this point in Riddle's life, he has those evil intentions? Yes, yes, because the rise is like this year or next year. I think it was 1943 or whatever. It's like literally on the cusp of him turning. Uh, okay. So see, that was that was something you looked at, not something. Yeah, I saw. yeah, exactly. I when I when I looked it up, and it's funny that those two are they're fight they're almost fighting over her. Like, oh, can I talk to your girlfriend? And he's like, it's not my girlfriend. Right. And he's like, then why are you standing here? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's like, why are you in my way, bro? Get out of my right. way. Um, and then her his conversation right now. Um, so I think she's in danger, man. She better be careful, cause. Oh yeah, walking on eggshells to the mouth. Oh yeah, I don't know if she. I don't think she. She understands it yet, but she's so lost behind his uh, cobalt eyes, as she says. So. Right. Um, I don't know. This is something I just. I just. It just hit me. I was like, uh oh, he's definitely gonna try to turn her. And what if she does turn? So. That would be I... uh. That'd be kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to turn see. it to the dark side. You know, we got cookies over here, so we still have 40 more chapters after this. Let's go. Man. There's plenty of time for anything wow. to happen at this point. Oh, I mean, hey, I'm just here to speculate from time to time. So, oh, yeah. And I appreciate uh, you for it, because uh, like I, I said, I, I don't think I'm just here for the ride. Oh, yeah. The hunger was abruptly snuffed, and he looked honestly repentant when he said, Forgive me, my curiosity seems to have gotten the better of me. I apologize. 
That was an indelicate thing to ask. His heavy stare swung to focus on Malfoy, where he sulked against the doorframe, waiting for Hermione. Dacian doesn't seem to like me much. Hermione couldn't help the snort that escaped his observation. He doesn't like anyone. Don't take it personally. Of course, Riddle should absolutely take it personally. But she wasn't going to tell him that. It was bad enough he'd discovered how active they'd been in the war. He absolutely did not need to pry any further details out of either Hermione or Malfoy. Riddle was staring at her again. She could tell by the way her skin was prickling, as if lightning were crackling just beneath the surface. Stealing herself against the effect, she shifted her focus back to his face. A different type of darkness had crept into his eyes. A darkness that promised to ease the ache in her stomach and mend the fissures of her soul. Riddle's voice was rough, utterly untamed as he leaned down, full lips just brushing her ear as he murmured, You may be broken, Miss Gable, but it's in the most beautiful way imaginable. Then he was gone, brushing past Malfoy and out the door before Hermione could remember how to breathe again. He sees his prey. He's ready to turn her. Chapter 7 Malfoy's grip on her shoulder was rough as he pulled her away from the Slytherin table after supper the next evening. The storm clouds gathering behind his eyes had been suffocating her ever since the confrontation with Riddle in potions. Thankfully, potions and defense against the dark arts were the only classes they shared with the Slytherin prince, but it was clear that Riddle had gotten under Malfoy's skin just as surely as he'd crawled under hers. There hadn't been a spare moment to share just how disastrous the conversation had been, but Hermione suspected Malfoy already knew. He'd been even more present than usual, not leaving her side until she set foot on the girl's staircase. It would have been almost sweet if he hadn't looked intent on murdering her himself. Hermione tore herself from his punishing grip, but kept up with his fevered pace as they swept up the staircase. She knew better than to ask him anything. The walls had honest-to-Merlin ears in this castle, and they were already on thin ice. Her breath only caught for a second when they stopped, the doors of the Room of Requirement looming before them. She tamped down on what little ire she still harbored for Malfoy's ill-fated mission sixth year. It was ancient history, from another lifetime entirely. She waited as Malfoy paced, dark brows drawn in concentration. Then his hand was burning against her skin as he hauled her into the room. The doors clanged shut and he abruptly released her arm, leaving her cold and bereft. You're learning oculumency tonight. Hermione blinked at him. What? Malfoy pushed the dark fringe back from his pale forehead as he collapsed into an armchair beside the fireplace. You bloody heard me, Granger. She took her time moving across the room to sit in the chair adjacent to his. The fire was warm against the chill of the castle, a warmth she hadn't realized she craved. I already know oculumency. Malfoy's eyes flew towards the ceiling. I sincerely hope you don't believe that. I can get inside your head without even trying. I have to actively try not to read your thoughts. I don't imagine Riddle will be so accommodating. I've managed to avoid him. It was a pathetic attempt to avoid the truth of his statement. Yes, clearly that went so well yesterday. He's already interested, has been since he laid eyes on you, and you've forgotten who he is entirely if you think he's going to let it go just because you're playing hard to get. Which you aren't, by the way. You're bloody <laughs> staring at him every time you're in the same room. It's nauseating. 
Malfoy's voice was hard, and his eyes held icy accusation in their depths. And he was right. She tried to stop looking, to ignore that captivating numbness she felt every time Riddle found her with his hypnotic stare. But she hadn't stopped. Some twisted part of her soul craved even his briefest look. I don't know why he has this effect on me. It was a lie. She might not understand why he was so appealing, but the craving was nothing new. A product of loss and depth and untold despair. But she would not risk losing Malfoy, her only lifeline to reality, or losing sight of this mission. She still heard the dull thud of Harry's fall every night before sleep finally claimed her. It echoed like a drum in her ears until all she could do was muffle her sobs beneath the blankets and pray Aurelia didn't notice. Her war-ravaged soul craved connection, and the mindless pleasure it entailed. But Riddle was not an option, no matter how darkly enticing he'd become. That's what she thinks. It doesn't matter, Malfoy dismissed. What matters is keeping him out of your head permanently. Harry already showed, that's your bloody problem then, Granger. Potter was pissed at oculumency despite Snape having tried his damnedest. Whatever he showed you was equally piss. He stared evenly at Hermione, not a trace of emotion behind frostbitten irises. She wanted to be angry with him, to deny his words, but she knew better. She'd seen Harry's struggle, even into the war years, to keep Voldemort out. But Malfoy, Malfoy had kept his entire plan from Dumbledore's sixth year. Likely, the old man had known some of what was to come, but Hermione couldn't help but believe Malfoy had kept most of it from both Snape and Dumbledore, which meant he was a passable oculumens. Fine. We'll start with you trying leglumens on me. You won't be able to get in, but I want you to pay attention to how I keep you out, what it feels like, etc. Malfoy shifted so he was fully facing her, moving to the edge of the ornate velvet armchair. It felt odd to raise her wand against him, despite their years of an, on opposing sides of the war. She hadn't forgotten who he was or just how dangerous he was to her, but their truce had allowed her to relax just the slightest bit, enough that her hand shook as it held her wand between them. You can't hurt me. His voice was softer, the storm behind his eyes, quiet. Hermione ignored the shiver that traced down her spine. Leglamins. There was a brief moment of confusion, then she could feel him around her. Not distinct thoughts or emotions, but the sense that she was within his mind, a part of him, if only for a moment. Narrowing her eyes, she stared purposely fully at him, trying to see beyond the physical. But she couldn't move beyond the general sense of him. It was as if a window stood between them. She could see his consciousness, but her attempt to enter was met with solid resistance. A grunt of frustration tore from her lips as she collapsed back into her chair. Not bad. Better than I expected, actually, Malfoy admitted, a hint of appreciation coloring his words. But can you guess how I'm keeping you out? You're letting me in, she realized. A light sparked within his eyes, and her breath caught at the very sudden evolution of his dark visage. Without the cold facade, he reminded her suddenly of Sirius sitting at the table in Grimald Place, equally stormy eyes dancing in a, in a merriment at something Harry said. The memory stung, pierced her deeply, leaving her yearning for a time before everything fell apart. She swallowed, forcing air into her lungs. The resemblance was uncanny, but 
unsurprisingly, considering Malfoy was a black as well. Yes, I am. What else, Granger? He asked, forcing her back to the present, to the gentle patience etched on his impossible features. Hermione closed her eyes against the unfamiliar man in front of her. She could hardly concentrate when he was edging her world toward a precipice that she'd not known existed. Draco Malfoy could not make her feel this way. Like she was safe. Like maybe she could trust again. No. They might be united in this, but she could not afford to fool herself into thinking this was anything permanent. Not so long ago, those tempestuous eyes had been covered by the cruel silver of a Death Eater mask. He was still a cold-blooded killer, a master of pain. As dangerous, if not more so, than Riddle. No, Malfoy was no boy aspiring to power. He was a man with war in his veins. She cleared her throat and redirected her focus to the attempt to penetrate his mind. Just because he was still the enemy didn't mean she wouldn't learn everything she could from him. You let me in and then put me somewhere of your choice. You made sure it didn't feel like you were doing any of that, like you didn't have control, made it seem like I wasn't good enough to get let in. She paused, considering the revelation. Does that mean you have to know the attempt is coming? At first, yes. Malfoy ran a hand through the midnight tresses that fell enticingly across his alabaster skin. Hermione pretended she didn't notice. It takes a while for the reaction to become instinctual. I've been using a significant amount of oculumency since I was 16, so by now what I did to you is second nature. It took years and a number of close calls for me to not think about it. So, is this oculumency like a form of... Uh... Mind reading? It, it seems like it's a like a form of magic, a form of defense against mind reading. Well, it, it seems like it's both ways. It seems like it's a defense and a use. Because she she says yeah, so, the spell to try to get into his mind. Yeah, I think Legolimens is like the spell to read minds, and then Oculumency seems to be like a practice of uh, avoiding the Legolimens spell. Like like a luminous, like or like you're like seeing through it type of thing. I like guess. Illumin eliminate or whatever that word is. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 what that's what I thought. It's a form like she's trying to read her mind. He's 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 helping her fight against that because he knows that Riddle is gonna do that every all all day every day with her. He's gonna right. he's gonna be reading her mind. And at this point, she's an open book because she's so hurt of her past. She's war torn. She's lost people. So she's very susceptible to all these things, to mind control, mind reading, um, all that type of thing. So yeah. at um, this point, as far as we know, like there hasn't even been any mind reading attempts. She's just she's just so uh, like op showing her. I don't want to say it, like her experiences, I guess. Yeah. Uh, just in the way that she carries herself and goes about her day to day life. She's easy to read if you're paying attention. Yeah. If you're paying attention, you could tell that, like he said, that she, they're always observing their surroundings. They're always, they seem like they've been through some shit. Like they're not just some some kids that are going through school. Right. Um, and it's like the first moment, like she said, where they almost had like a, even a more bonding experience. Like, um, he's trying to help her and she feels like almost safe with that. 
So even though she knows she shouldn't. I think these are important things. Like these are all like some of these these little things that we're reading. They're 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 stacking up on each other. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, she needs something, bro. She needs to do something because she's she's a mess. <laughs> and Malfoy's uh, trying to help with that. Yeah, but what is Malfoy getting out of this? Like he keeps saying he's not getting anything out of this, but he's they getting something. They don't get discovered. He's, he's it lying. Helps keep, it helps keep him safe if they if nobody knows why they're there, yeah, or why she's boss. there at least. That's yeah, but boss. they 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 said at one point, fucking uh, in the first part of this, that uh, Hermione had sat there and was thinking for a minute. And she goes, she said something like, uh, "You don't want Voldemort to win," and he just kind of shrugged, like as if it didn't like matter. He didn't care. Like he f- almost maybe he almost felt like he was a pawn in the war for him. Uh, like maybe it's not what he wanted either. But like I think, that's just how I think Malfoy uh, up until this point, kind of what I'm taking away is that he had been using his status as like a Death Eater in Voldemort's army uh, to like further his own goals, like to push his own agenda and accomplish things that he personally wanted to accomplish. Uh, so Wait, it doesn't really matter who wins. This was like the whole war and becoming a Death Eater was like a means to an end for him. He wanted to be on the winning side, basically. Of the yeah, that was autumn. That was it was gonna come regardless if anybody wanted it. But he just wanted to be on the right side of it, so to speak, the right side of history, as they would say. Hermione studied him, letting the silence drag out between them. You've used oculumency against. Malfoy didn't react, but his eyes flashed, daring her to finish the statement. She swallowed, attempting to wrap her head around what he seemed to be telling her. She'd known who he was. He was Draco Malfoy, the boy who'd let the Death Eaters into the school. The boy who'd called her mudblood for as long as she could remember. The boy who'd become a monster during the war. She'd only fought against him a handful of times, but his reputation as an efficient killer, supreme strategist, and architect of torment preceded him. When she'd realized it was him on the astronomy tower, when he'd disarmed her in the space of a heartbeat, she'd known it all to be true, and yet... You've used oculumency against Voldemort for years. Hermione straightened in her seat. The feeling rushed through her perilously like hope. Why? What openness had existed on his sharp features was gone in an instant. We aren't friends, Granger, and that is absolutely none of your business. She swallowed whatever cutting retort was on the tip of her tongue. If Malfoy was capable of successfully shutting out Voldemort, whatever the reason, who was she to turn down his help? Fine, just teach me how. It won't be pleasant. It wasn't. They spent the next three hours and the subsequent five nights sequestered in the room of requirement, Malfoy ripping through her mind as she learned minute by minute how to build a fortress to keep him out. Often the memories he dragged up were the horrors of war or the mundane from before, but every so often he'd stumble upon more intimate moments. Her cheeks had flamed the first time he'd seen her and Harry, a memory of their first time, both of them wasted and lonely. But Malfoy hadn't said a thing, and soon she'd become resigned to his all-access pass to her bedroom. But Hermione honestly had no idea how much of her desperate affair with Harry he'd witnessed or even the fleeting and innocent romance with Ron before that. But it seemed he wasn't going to use those memories against her. Or perhaps he was saving it as ammunition for later. Either way, Hermione was improving, 
By the end of the week, Malfoy only had access to what she wanted him to see. It was still far more than what she was comfortable having Riddle learn, but the important details like time travel, Voldemort, and their true identities would be relatively safe. Remember, all this is really only going to help you if he doesn't outright attack you. It's going to be months before you're able to prevent a full-on verbal leglemens. But I don't see Riddle being so obvious about it. He still has a reputation, again, to protect at Hogwarts. Malfoy admitted, crossed arms, pulling his white dress shirt tight as he leaned against the mantelpiece in the room of requirement. So the fact that Professor Price has paired me with Riddle for the upcoming DADA demonstration isn't going to be a complete disaster? She'd been so horrified by the pairing, assigned at the end of the latest class, she'd neglected to inform Malfoy before now. Malfoy's frame tensed, transforming from casual nonchalance to a hardened warrior in mere seconds. Get out of it. Don't you think I've tried? Hermione snapped back, rising from her seat on the divan. The central element of the newest furniture arrangement, the room seemed to feel the need to modify each time they entered. They'd started out with separate chairs, but after the first night, it had only been couches, love seats, and divians. Try harder, Malfoy spat back, meeting her halfway. Suddenly he was too close, his breath hot on her cheeks as he glared down at her. Isn't that the point of all of this? To be able to deal with him? To not freak out when I have to get paired up on an assignment? I am very sure the point of this. He motioned angrily between them, his words spit between grinding teeth. Is to murder the bloody bastard. Hermione recoiled, stumbling back a step. Her heartbeat was a rapid staccato in her temples as Malfoy's words echoed in her ears. How could she have forgotten? Why was she worrying about being paired up with Riddle for an assignment when she should be coming up with a plan to eliminate him? To save the world from the monster he would become. That he would become. Riddle hadn't even killed his father yet. Beyond opening the Chamber of Secrets, he hadn't done anything but be a lonely boy looking for power in a world that saw his parentage as the scum beneath their boots. What if I can save him? Mm. The room. <laughs> yeah, let's... Okay, let's not okay. see. Okay, boss. Okay, like, hold the... Pump the brakes right here. <laughs> see, this type of shit is what gets you in trouble. Like, the the man that worked for him and, like, was his Death Eater, had literally said to murder the bloody bastard, right? Yeah, Even he knows seconds that needs to before. be done. Like, and then as soon as he says that, like, why would you even say that? Right? Why? Oh, what because, if I can save him? Bro, she's a fucking, she's a fucking simp, dude. Like, dude, <laughs> what? She wants to save a hoe. She's Captain Save a Ho out Captain here. Captain Save a Ho. No, like, yeah, she's, Dude, what? fucking! I think that's a byproduct of the. This of is the, the type of shit. And when you watch movies and stories, and you're and you're like, yeah, do it. And like, this is like, this is almost like the training montage, right? Like, like he, he's the mentor. He's training. I can see the training montage in my head of it's, of like that's exactly what this is. Yeah, he's literally getting her ready for this, and then he realizes they're gonna be partners. So he's like, oh shit, I gotta go harder on you now. Like, I gotta step my, I gotta step my training up. And before the you first even had the chance said, to do that. Yeah, and then the first thing, well, not first thing, but then she says, 
What if I can save him? No, that oh was the God. first. That was. Oh yeah, it was basically the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, well, it was after get out the of training, it, I've tried, try harder. After the training montage, yeah. the first thing she's like, "I want. I can save him. I promise." Like, <laughs> he's like, "Are you done?" He's about to explode on this girl. I can't. Like, oh, dude, he is. He's like, "It's like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, you need to, you need to, no." Um, I'm I'm upset. I'm mad at her already. I'm mad. Like, I'm actually mad. So good. That means you're you're getting emotionally invested in this. Story. I I'm been emotionally <laughs> invested in this. I'm I'm looking at the foreshadows and all these and trying to point them out as I see them or what I right. think is foreshadowing. And right. um, like I said before, like about him trying to like turn her to his side. It's working. And she says, then she says, trying to turn him to her side, right? And that's the opening that you need for someone like that, because you can, she can, he can get in and play along, and then boom, dark side. She's like empathizing here, and that's that's gonna be the weakness that gets her. Yeah, that gets her. Malfoy. At least I respect Malfoy because he knows what's going on. He's with. He knows what the plan is. Even though he said he doesn't like the plan, I don't. I don't think that's true. I think he wants him to die. I, I, yeah. I really, I really do think that he, he, he's invested into this as well, and that's why that whole trust thing about the potions, and like, you know, that you guys must have trust because I think Malfoy actually does trust her a lot, more than she knows because she can't get in to know because he's, you that. know what I mean? Because he's only letting her in so much. So, um. Yeah, I just got very angry. I'm sorry. You're I, good. You're good. <laughs> I'm I'm very angry at her. Like Hermione, come on. You're smarter than this, girl. You're smarter. Get better. Get good. Supposed to be. Uh, right. Feeding right now. <laughs> what if I can save him? The room was deathly silent. Even the fire ceasing to crackle beside them. Muffoy's mouth was open, jaw slack as thunderheads built behind his eyes. He blinked, and lightning crackled. You cannot possibly be serious. It was insane to come back here to kill him. But to what? Seduce him? That is beyond all reason. Against all reason, Hermione dug in. What do you even care? You already said you don't believe in changing the past. What does it matter if I kill him or kiss him? Seducing the Dark Lord isn't going to make a bloody difference, Granger. Malfoy tore his hands through his hair, giving it a disheveled look she'd never seen on him before. Play that out. All you're going to get is a possessive monster in love with you. And that's at best. The version where he doesn't figure out every last secret you have, and he's still capable of human emotion. You can't even imagine the worst. Malfoy took a step toward her, but stumbled mid-step, his full mouth twisting. Still glaring at her. He collapsed on the deviant. Are you... Hermione wasn't even sure what she was asking. His glare grew even more fierce. Don't bloody mind me, Granger. We're talking about your insanity right now. You're right. I don't want to mess everything up any further than it already is. But it seems clear you're hell-bent on changing the future for better or worse. Okay, fine. But not by trying to save the bloody Dark Lord, you stupid girl. I don't get you, Hermione exploded, suddenly unable to tame her frustration. One minute you're threatening me, the next you're helping me. What do you want? Whose side are you on, Malfoy? My own bloody side, he hissed, dark brows drawn. 
His response had her momentarily thrown. She'd expected... Well, she wasn't sure what she expected, but it wasn't that. So you're not a Death Eater. The fight was suddenly gone as he stared up at her, left hand rubbing his thigh. I've been a Death Eater since I was 16, Granger. That doesn't mean it was ever my choice. Oh. It was all she could think to say. You don't know a bloody thing about me, Granger, so don't pretend you do. Okay. It felt like something monumental had passed between them, but Hermione couldn't identify what changed. Sighing, she settled onto the deviant next to him, eyeing his haggard features behind the midnight fan of his hair. He was utterly foreign to her like this, nothing like the pale boy who'd tormented her. Promise me you won't get involved with Riddle. He tipped his head to stare at her, eyes heavy with a need she couldn't understand. I promise. It was a foolish girl's wish to save Riddle, the wish of a girl who didn't have a body count to her name. Hermione knew she had no time for such flights of fantasy. Malfoy's eyes slid shut, his shoulders sagging as he murmured, Thank you, Hermione. Hermione nodded, the sound of her name on his lips suddenly the most precious thing. She wasn't alone here. For now, at least, she could trust this dark man beside her. This man with demons to rival her own. It was something, and perhaps that's all she needed. This wasn't a happily ever after, and Hermione knew better than to imagine one. What, do, what are you thinking after this? What's your, what's your take on this? On this, on this uh, chapter specifically? And, yeah, I don't know. It was this weird instance where yeah, there was this little fight type thing, and then yep. all of a sudden there, it, it becomes a bonding moment. It's a it's a bonding moment, and it's 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 almost like she. I don't think either of them wanted to be part of the war, obviously, because like, like we talked about before, like they were Hermione was and these kids were just thrown into the war because it was coming anyway, and he finally said something that I kind of was hinting at, like. That it wasn't his choice to be a Death Eater, so to speak. And, like, yeah. that's just kind of how it was. It was either you're on this side of the war or you're on this side of the war. That was it. And his his dad was, was invested into that side of the war as well. So it was almost like he, he you know, he had to be on that side. And um, I don't know. It's I, I definitely think they trust each other more now, though, which is good. They're going to yeah. have to. Gonna have oh to. yeah! No matter and what happens in this situation, they're gonna have to have trust for each other. But if she sleeps with Riddle, it's done. Game's over. Done. Yeah, it's over. Uh, Actually, it's over. This is this is a good time for for me to point out uh, something that one of my friends told me uh, after yeah. listening to the first episode. Uh, so at the very beginning, it says um, the the author's note says something like uh, this story is Dromoin. Apparently, that's like the ship name between uh, between Hermione and. Draco Malfoy. So this whole story is apparently going to be about uh like the relationship between um Hermione and Draco. However, it also says in the note that her relationship with Riddle is a big part of the story. So the whole thing should be uh it's gonna be about like the two of them being together. However, her this whole like obsession she has with Riddle is going to play a big part in the story, and I'm assuming that's just gonna be like tension between them 
because she's not gonna be able to draw herself away from Riddle. That's kind of what I'm assuming it's gonna be. It's gonna be a constant fight between Riddle her emotions with yes. Riddle. Yeah, yeah. Like she's starting to realize where Malfoy stands. She didn't know at first, but I think now she's starting to realize where he stands. He's he's not necessarily on her side, but he's not necessarily against her. But what what he has put into her is his effort and like training, he realizes that she could turn to him. And like you said, there was almost a, a moment of like he said thank you. Yeah, and it was her. the first like it was the first like positive interaction that that they've had. It was, like the he first, knows. it was like the first good thing he had said to her. He knows he knows that yes, Voldemort was strong, but if you give him this ammo, that's it. You you, th- you thought he was strong before? Like you're not going to understand what he's capable of now. Like mm-hmm. and we, they won't even they probably won't even make it to the the the, the Harry Potter seg- the era that we all know. Like you probably be ended it before that. Like it's you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what this guy is capable of, um, with her? You know. So, and if he and if he realizes what's what has happened already, it's like you're giving the bad guy the ending of the story already. So he knows what to do to to get there faster. It's like a it's like a fast tracked way. So he knows who mm-hmm. he needs to get rid of. Um, right. But I can't believe she said that. I'm still hung up on that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that everybody listening will be as well. They're yeah. Like, tell us what thinking? you think about that. Yes. Again, tell us what you think. Gonna, Let us be... know. Let us know your thoughts on that. On exactly her being what Malfoy dumb. said. Exactly and... what Malfoy said. Stupid girl. And he literally that, reacted that's... the same way I did, which was funny. I think that is going to be the common response to that. Is her drifting and him reeling. It's like her drifting, him reeling. Drift. Real drift, real, and then eventually this thruple environment, which I think is going to happen with the love triangle. Um, I wonder if they're going to fight at some point, Riddle and uh, Malfoy. I'm sure they will. I would bet on it uh, personally. Yeah. I'm sure they will, but that was a uh, it was a good chapter. It was good. It's getting it really good. good. We got some. We got some nice, genuine uh, emotional connection between the two. Chapter 8. Hermione had practiced every night for the past three weeks, and finally she'd noticed the slight pressure at her temples every time Riddle managed to capture her full attention. It had seemed like nothing until Malfoy pointed it out. Leglutmancy felt like the onset of a headache sometimes, especially if you weren't well-trained in occlumency. Icy tendrils of dread had knotted her stomach upon the realization of Riddle's attempts to invade her mind. She'd nearly run out of the classroom, but a couple deep breaths and a glance in Malfoy's direction had given her the strength to pretend nothing was wrong. Riddle had tried a handful of other times since she'd recognized the signs, but her skills were improving on a daily basis, and she was confident he'd seen nothing beyond petty worries concerning schoolwork. It was easy to project those anxieties at him when they were usually in the forefront of her mind anyway. It turned out three years of war had done nothing to quell her need to excel in the classroom. She'd thought perhaps she wouldn't care anymore. After all, she knew how little most of the content mattered now. But instead, the insufferable know-it-all she'd once been scrambled to the surface as if she'd merely been hibernating while Hermione's world was torn apart. 
Sometimes she was so caught up in her classes that she'd turn to Malfoy expecting Harry or Ron. No matter how many times that happened, the pit of her stomach fell out every time. The sudden onslaught of grief nearly unbearable. Gable, Malfoy hissed, his heel connecting solidly with her shin. Fuck, that actually hurt you, git. Such a pleasant mouth you have, gr- Gable. His mouth twisted sharply at his mistake. Hermione leveled a stare at him, brow raising. Malfoy sighed, hand pushing back his midnight bangs. Professor Price is having you and Riddle do your demonstration first thing today. Lovely, she groused. The assignment had thankfully required very little collaboration between her and Riddle, mostly because they were both hopeless overachievers when it came to defense against the dark arts. In Hermione's case, the practical experience of actually fighting in a war had more than prepared her. In Riddle's, she wasn't entirely sure how he was quite so adept, but it quickly became clear he'd spent most weekends in the restricted section digging into the darkest spells he could find. Not that he was going to use any of them during a class presentation, no. Both of them would need to be on their best behavior, for which Hermione was thankful. She honestly wasn't sure if she could take Riddle in a knockdown, drag-out fight. Remember to act like a seventh-year student, Granger. Malfoy murmured in her ear, suddenly far too close. Hermione bit her lip and drew away from him, looking for Riddle. Confident cobalt eyes met hers across the classroom, his full lips drawing in the echo of a smirk. She grabbed her bag and closed the distance between them, mentally arming as she moved. Sinking into the vacant seat beside him, she valiantly ignored the thunder of her pulse. Ready for showtime, Miss Gable. His voice was soft, but rough in all the right ways. Chills, <clears throat> chills danced down her spine, vibrating her with unwelcome need. She ground her teeth and forced the litany of reasons she could not possibly feel this way into her thoughts. Might as well get it done. She was proud of how strong her voice sounded, a world apart from the chaos raging within. Malfoy shifted in his seat across from her, and she found refuge in the storm of his eyes. How about you, Riddle? I told you to call me Tom, he chastised lightly. I know you're capable of more than you've let on in class, Miss Gable. When we get out there, don't hold back. I want to see you shine. Hermione's focus ripped away from Malfoy to stare, full deer in the headlights, at Riddle. What? This is a class... Yes, I'm fully aware. A class that's bored out of its mind. So let's give them something to talk about. What better way to prove you're the best? Hermione could tell he was merely trying to appeal to her vanity. The problem was, it was working. A spark, a facet of the girl she'd once been, had been ignited. She did want to show the world what she could do. It had been years since she'd tried to impress instead of defend and survive. She couldn't truly go full out, but perhaps she could throw a few more sophisticated spells into the mix. Okay, she agreed, a smile tugging at her lips. This sensation, foreign after so many years. Riddle smiled back, a smile that didn't have a trace of deception or malice behind it a smile that turned her world upside down yet again. Her breath caught, 
the moment making her heart ache, making her forget everything except the boy smiling back at her. Mr. Riddle and Miss Gable are up next. Professor Price's shrill voice cut into the moment, but the rush of warmth remained. These two are the top of your class, so make sure to take notes. Hermione moved silently with Riddle to stand across from each other in the open space at the front of the room. They bowed to each other, then raised wands. She should feel perilous here, facing the future Dark Lord, but instead, she felt free. Riddle hadn't tried to get into her head, and for this moment, at least, she knew she was safe from him, despite the wand pointed at her chest. They were in this together. Riddle moved quickly, but not so quickly she couldn't react. Reducto! He'd put perhaps a tenth of his power behind it, and it bounced harmlessly off her protego. Confundo! Riddle couldn't bother to block the spell, merely ducked as he began his next volley. Reducto defindo petrificus totalis. In Hermione's original sixth-year Defense Against the Dark Arts class, that sequence would have had her bleeding and likely petrified, but she'd faced the darkest of curses fired with the intention of death on a weekly basis for three years. She dropped into a roll, not wasting time on a shield. The defindo whispered past her ear the petrificus exploding against the castle wall behind her. She continued the roll, staying in motion, as she fired off a nonverbal inciendo. Cobalt eyes morphed into molten sapphire as Riddle's robes caught fire. She leapt to her feet, avoiding his next two curses, nasty ones that she was sure would send her into the infirmary if she was caught in the crossfire. But there was no danger of that. Hermione easily darted through his constant barrage, twisting and turning like a dancer as she edged closer to him. When she was within a few paces of him, she cast a wordless protego, followed instantly by an asio with the full force of her magic behind it. The spell, designed less for disarming and more for long-distance summoning, was unstoppable this close. Riddle's wand slammed into her open palm with a smack. He let out a loud growl of frustration, and Hermione knew it wasn't over. His hand was up a moment later, a wandless defindo arcing her direction. She dropped both the wands, blocking his spell with a wandless protego of her own. His eyes were wide, full of a hunger that called to her, that begged her to unleash the full potential of her arsenal. She was helpless to deny him. The spell started flying between them at a dizzying rate the room utterly silent except for the crash of magic against shields and walls. They'd given up the pretense of needing to wave a hand or a wand to launch an attack, so now magic simply crackled between them, seemingly conjured from thin air. Sweat matted her hair to her brow, but Riddle fared no better. She could see the trails of perspiration tracing his strong jaw, soaking the V of his sweater. They could probably go on for some time still, but Hermione had no interest in exhausting herself for no good reason. Satisfaction swimming in her veins, she ducked Riddle's latest attack before spinning, too fast for him to register her shift in direction, and unleashing one of her special wartime knockout curses on his chest at point-blank range. Riddle flew back instantly, head smashing with an audible crack against the stone wall. Hermione was jolted back to reality by the dark smear of red blood left on the wall as he slid down, momentarily unconscious. Whatever high she'd been on evaporated in an instant, cold dread permeating her every pore. 
I, I gotta interrupt here. Um, all I can see is, like, everybody in the crowd, like, with their jaws, like, down to their fucking knees, just, like, like, yeah. eyes, eyes wide, jaws to their ground, like, holy fuck. Right. Like, they're, they're, seeing, they're seeing things uh, that aren't taught in school. Yes, they're seeing... They're seeing, like, like a full-on, like, assault battle. from both of them. Yes, and to the point to where they, they're saying, sp like, wordless spells, and I don't think that's something that they do in there. I don't even think that's, like, they... You have to be, uh, you have to... You have to be at a certain power to do that, right? To to have a spell without saying it. That's like high level wizardry and magic uh, and any type of any type of magic. I, I have no idea. There was a there was an author's note at the top of the chapter that I didn't feel was especially prudent to read, but it did say it's like, yeah, I break a lot of magical rules in this chapter, but you know, this is a fan fiction. So yeah. I'm gonna do what I want. Is basically what it said. It said like what is fan fiction other than uh, a and sandbox to build your own castles. And I'll kind of build more a case for my other recent statement about him trying to, like, turn her in a sense. Like, he's sparking that fire in her to get her to use her power. You know, he's, he's, in, he's also, enticing. He's enticing her to be taken as, like, a, if he's figured out, you know, this is not a friend, then this could be, like, a way to, to measure her strength, what he's going to have to deal with eventually. Right, but also enticing her to see how far he can push her, right? So right. if he's trying to control her, one way to do that is to see how far he can push her and how how willing she is to accept that. Because she could have took in this fight and she could have over... But she obviously overextended with her last... She's like, she basically just went, so she was like, I'm using one of my best abilities here, like, and I'm going to end it. Like, like, no big deal, right? What the bloody hell were you thinking? Malfoy's arms were around her, dragging her from the room, his breath hot against her skin, his fingers trembling on her shoulders. I am so sorry, so, so sorry. She mumbled back against his neck, clinging to him as the reality of what she'd done fully coalesced. Strong arms wrapped around her, pulling her flush against his warmth, against the only safety net she had left. You'll be okay. We'll figure this out, too. I... She didn't even know where to begin. She didn't know how to explain how Riddle had made her feel, how unfair she'd been. Malfoy shook his head, silken midnight strands kissing her, her skin. I promise I won't let anything happen to you. Aww. Right? Oh my god, so cute! Right? Wait, he kissed her. No, 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 he didn't no, kiss her. His, his hair. His yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I promise I won't let anything happen to you. Yeah. Like, oh, they're just getting... Now they're getting... Now they're getting way too cute now. Probably. Like at least that, at least be a dick. Yeah, at least be a dick a little bit. Come That's what I now. expected. I expected he, him to be. He's like, getting real soft doing her out for this. Yeah. Well, he kind of was about to probably, and then he saw her and probably had like a weak spot for her. So All he's right. probably you know he's like that's okay. I'll protect. You. All right. A part of her said he was lying. Reminded her of just how many lives he'd taken of the silver mask he'd worn, of the mines he'd left shattered. But she didn't have the strength to doubt him, not in this moment, not with Riddle having pushed her beyond reason. He's going to kill me. He's not. That wasn't Malfoy's soft whisper. She whirled, his hands coming to rest at her waist as Riddle stared down at her. 
She shuddered, and Malfoy pulled her closer, his breath tickling the nape of her neck. Her mouth didn't work the first two attempts, but finally she managed to choke out. I'm sorry. Riddle laughed. Laughed like they had just shared an inside joke, not a battle that had left him unconscious on the floor. No hard feelings, Miss Gable. I told you I didn't want you to hold back. You more than delivered. You have absolutely nothing to be sorry about. Malfoy shifted against her, his heartbeat slowing against her back. She knocked you into a wall. Riddle gave an easy shrug. And I'll have a headache until I stop by to see Madame Pomfrey. It was a nice change of pace to have a worthy opponent, Mallet. Hermione could hear Malfoy's teeth grind, but finally she could breathe again. It seemed the Dark Lord wasn't going to make an appearance today. Only Riddle, who seemed oddly happy to have been knocked on his ass. She broke away from Malfoy's protective grasp, the adrenaline waning in her veins. Can we have a moment? Riddle addressed the question to Hermione, but his gaze quickly focused on Malfoy behind her. You can, she answered, shooting a quelling glare over her shoulder to silence any protests Malfoy might have expressed. But he merely stared down at her, stormy eyes suddenly hard glass. He held her gaze a moment longer as he stepped away from her, the sudden absence of his heat leaving her shivering in the corridor. Then he was gone, midnight hair disappearing back into the defense against the dark arts classroom down the hall. And you say there's nothing going on between the two of you. Riddle was watching Malfoy's retreat with a bemused smile tugging at his lips. Hermione's focus lingered a moment too long on his mouth as she shifted to face him. Sighing, she leaned back against the cold stone, desperately ignoring the absence of Malfoy's warmth. We have a... history. The war. Not quite the war Riddle was thinking of, but the truth nevertheless. Yes. She could feel the full force of Riddle's attention come to rest on her face, her skin tingling under the intensity of his gaze. Why in the world did you think I was going to kill you, Miss Gable? Telling him he was the future Dark Lord and evil incarnate likely wasn't the way to handle this situation. I smashed you into the wall in front of an entire classroom of people. It would be natural and expected for you to want revenge. You're forgetting the very important part where I asked you to. Riddle shifted so he was leaning against the wall next to her. There was humor in his cobalt eyes that surprised her shifting the foundation upon which he, she stood. I might not have known you were going to crack my head open, but I can't say I'm unhappy with the result. Hermione tilted her head to stare up at him, suddenly aware of just how close they were. She could feel the soft caress of his breath on face, his mouth mere millimeters from her skin. A shudder that had nothing to do with the cold ran down her spine. She defiantly focused on the stone between them. So you wanted me to try and kill you? She huffed, praying he didn't notice the thundering of her pulse against flushed skin. Well, I hardly think you'd be able to kill me, he replied, a wicked grin on his lips. But I was pretty sure you were far more talented than you let on. One doesn't fight in a war and not pick up a few tricks us schoolboys have no hope of ever learning. Riddle wasn't wrong. It hadn't been until the war, with endless battles and infinite exhaustion, that she'd truly honed her dueling technique. It hadn't been by choice, but by necessity, and it had been unpleasant every moment until she'd gained control she desperately needed. I wouldn't view such skills so lightly, Mr. Riddle. War isn't glamorous. 
The skills I have aren't something to show off. They're what kept me alive. The teasing grin evaporated from Riddle's lips as she held his stare. For once, she wasn't worried about him pillaging her mind. Let him look. Let him see what horrors awaited behind the facade of glory. He wanted power, but power wasn't simple. It was messy and laden with tolls of the soul. Maybe seeing the truth so early would change his plan. Maybe it could save them both. Riddle's fingers were on her skin, tracing a line of fire along her jaw. How did you break so beautifully? Hermione trembled against his touch, her breath a shallow pant in the silence between them. She squinted her eyes shut, using every ounce of willpower to pull away from him. We can't. You won't, he corrected, his fingers dropping from her face to capture her wrist. His hand was large, encircling her easily as he pulled her closer. She could smell him, a heady mix of wintergreen and cloves that had her inhaling deeply. Is it Dacian? He never has to know. No one does. The words were murmured in her ear, his lips just brushing her skin. The torment in Malfoy's eyes when he'd made her promise not to do this burned behind her eyelids. But she still sighed, still relaxed against Riddle, still let his lips travel a path of destruction across her flushed cheek. She was vibrating with need by the time his lips brushed softly against hers, the barest ghost of a kiss. Stop denying this, Hermione. She could feel every movement of his disastrous lips as he spoke. Whatever you think is between us, it isn't. Whatever you think I am, I'm not. And, and you know, I too also, when I get knocked out unconscious, am attracted to that as well. You know? That's oh, the yeah. First thing. Yeah. You know, a girl knocks me out, I'm like, yes, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I've ended up in every relationship I've ever been in. <laughs> it always it always starts with this girl knocking me the fuck out, and I went, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, wanna, oh yeah." That's... She, she, hey, you wanna you wanna get dinner in a movie? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Don't deny it. She's like, "You're, you're bleeding," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> it's casual. <laughs> it's casual. I asked for it. It's it's cool. So they almost kissed here, right? Is that what I'm think I'm reading here? Okay. No, his his brush left his lips brushed softly against hers, the barest ghost of a kiss. I mean, it happened just barely. Yeah. See, I I knew something was happening this this chapter or this segment. Let's see. I knew, let's see how I knew they were fucking, getting physical. Let's see how far it goes. Ooh. Mm. The darkest of souls. That was who he was, and even now she knew that hadn't changed. But this boy hadn't murdered anyone. Between the two of them, she was the killer. She was utterly broken, battered by war and grief until there was nothing but shreds of her soul. Perhaps this dark boy could help weave them back together. Perhaps she could save him and make all of it, every infinite moment of pain, worth it. Oh my god, dude, she keeps saying that. That's like the third time she said that in like two chapters. Yeah. She said it. She said it like not even that long ago. Like she's throwing. She's throwing. She's throwing the game. Throwing, bro. Reported. Or reported throwing. for intentional feeding. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so he he tactically feeded in that fight. That's what yeah. we call tactical a gamer's term. Ta tactical feeding. 
actively <laughs> feeding, when you disarm your opponents by you let them think that you're weak, and then you just boom, you come out of nowhere and you win the game. So she's she's throwing. A little 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 gamers knowledge one hundred one. <laughs> A better world. That's what she told herself as she finally let the walls of her control shatter with a ragged sigh as she crashed into him. Riddle caught her, strong hands gripping her hips as his tongue and lips rewrote history. She moaned. Wonton? What? Wait, what? <laughs> W-A-N-T-O-N. Wonton? I lost my spot. Uh, what? Perhaps a better world. What in the world? How'd she crash? Tongues and lips rewrote history. Like, can we talk about that for a second? What the oh, fuck? That's, like, this man. That's this intense. Man is, this man is a god when it comes she to moans. lips. Wonton and loss. Wonton? Yeah. W A N T O N. Let me look that up. Is that yeah, like a special like, gonna, word? Is that a word that I don't know? I mean, like, it's very possible. Sexually unrestrained or having many casual sexual relationships. Oh, it's 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 wanton. Got wanton. It. A sexually unrestrained women. Oh, she so she's like. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Cool. She's, cool. She's not moaning. This bitch is like a foghorn or something. Not a foghorn. <laughs> she's like a. She's a. <laughs> she's a fucking. No, you're not from the south, oh, so you yeah. might not get it. You're not from the south, so you might not get it. But this bitch is a fucking tornado siren. Like. Uh, she's getting. A, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't even gotten to that part and she's already freaking oh my god she's got to change her pants like oh my god hermione oh my god dude this riddle i got i'm taking notes bro this man knows knows how to get the girls man does he have like a class at the learning annex that that i can take because yeah that would be so useful french my man is a man is a charmer and a half (laughs) Uncontrollably, oh, Malfoy's gonna be upset. Oh, spaghetti. Oh, yeah, dude. Would you? Would you say last week? Would you say one of peanut about butter what? and jelly? Yeah, dude, peanut butter and jealous, dude. He's about to be peanut butter and jealous after this. This is. He might even try to fight him. Oh, yeah, maybe. He'll be let's mad. find out. Let's I'm, see. Let's see where this goes. Let's see how far my he can attention take it. is fully here. Holy hell! Yeah. Right. She moaned, wanton and lost into his mouth, and he swallowed it. Mm. Her hands tangled in his ebony curls, softer than she'd ever imagined. His lips angled until he was plunging into the depths of her mouth, leaving no nerve untouched. Her skin was on fire, her heart lost to a frantic tattoo. She'd been kissed before, but never like this. It had been pleasant with Ron, but more innocent than satisfying. With Harry, it had been about quelling the ache, threads of grief and suffering intermingled with desire. Riddle was devouring her, mind, body, and soul. It was more than mere lust, it was an awakening she hadn't known she was waiting for. Riddle's breath was a ragged pant against her skin as he pulled back. Their lips were still brushing, sending tingles rocketing down her spine. But he was no longer consuming every facet of her. Fuck. If I knew it would be like that, I'd have kissed you weeks ago. Hermione could feel the blush burning her face. Aurelia's comment about Riddle's complete lack of dating came to mind as she finally started to find an order to her thoughts. Am I the first? 
His laugh was sharp, but his eyes pooled to warm sapphire. You think I could kiss like that the first time? No. I've avoided attachments at Hogwarts, but I still go... home during the summers. There are plenty of willing participants beyond these castle walls. She blinked, the paradigm shifting yet again. Riddle had spent his summers making out with muggle girls? Perhaps even sleeping with them. Didn't he despise his muggle blood and everything else that entailed? Shaking her head, she murmured, You're just full of surprises. I imagine I'm not the only one. His nose brushed against her flushed cheek as his lips languidly captured hers, their tongues tangled, slowly building back the fever pitch of desire. His hands were everywhere, teasing the skin of her back, cupping the nape of her neck, trailing the column of her throat, imprinting on her soul. She was lost, and for the moment, she didn't care. She welcomed the oblivion, the opportunity to let the horror fade until it was only his lips and hands, only him against the dark destruction of her soul. It might have been hours, but likely only minutes passed before he pulled back again. His pale skin was flushed, his ebony waves in utter disarray, his lips swollen and begging her to return to them. She moved to chase the lost pleasure, and he laughed, softly now, in sympathy. As much as I'd like to stand here all day discovering your secrets, Hermione, class is dismissed in a few minutes. If we want to keep this to ourselves, I don't think kissing in the hall is the best way to start. He wants to he wants to explore her chamber of secrets if you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is turning into like a fifty shades of Hermione up in this bitch, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I expected nothing less when yeah. you started a fanfic. Yeah, I I wonder if they're gonna be like a fifty shades of gray room somewhere in Hogwarts that he shows uh, her. This is if my not, dungeon. Bro, that's what the Chamber of Secrets was for. Yeah. <laughs> it, hold on, dungeon. hold on. I, I mean, I watched the movie on the internet, but did you and I not watch the same movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a special movie, if I if I had to say so. I didn't uh, know, but it didn't have these two in it, that's for sure. Right. Malfoy would bloody murder her if he found out what she was doing with Riddle, and not metaphorically. This has to stay a secret riddle. A lot depends on that. I don't mind, he assured, lips twisting in a sly smile. But please, would you stop calling me that? My name is Tom. Tom. The word was foreign on her tongue. She'd never thought of him by that name, but nor had she ever believed she would know what it felt like to have her lips branded by his. Riddle was utterly forbidden, but perhaps Tom wasn't. Perhaps Tom was the answer to a prayer she'd never dared to utter. Okay, Tom. I'll see you around, Hermione. His smile was an infectious promise as he backed away from her, and her answering grin held all the hope that she dared to hold. Wow. That, that so, got intense really fast. Like, wow, yeah, so sure, it was intense with violence, but that's fine. This but, like, was, that got, this was that definitely intense. This was definitely the best chapter so far. Yeah. And I know down. we keep saying it gets hands better down. and better. But I also want to toot my own horn here. You know, I, I gave a prediction that those two were going to get, you know, physical at some point. And I didn't know it was going to get this physical. But, like, these two are just making out, like, like high schoolers in the freaking hallway. 
just going the town on each other. I can just, like I said, I can just picture it. Those two, like the door is like not even that far from them, and they're just going. Like if anybody walks out during that point, they they're gonna they're gonna get caught. Like, and neither of them probably would stop either. They probably they are, are gonna... high coolers though. Like, yeah, <laughs> when you get right but down to it, <laughs> technically he is, but she's not. Right? She's she's older. She's actually robbing the cradle. You know what I mean? It's like. Tom is, is younger than her, right? Yeah, Tom. I think I think they said in the first part, uh, somewhere along the lines, I think they said like three years or something like that. Four, maybe. Okay, he probably he might be eight because he's a six year. She said, and they start at what, like thirteen? No, I think they start at like twelve. 12. Okay, so he's probably like eighteen. Okay, yeah, he's like sense. eighteen, nineteen. I think she's like twenty something. Yeah, like twenty one, twenty two ish. Yeah, I mean that makes um, sense. That makes that that makes it a little bit better. Okay, I'm okay with that. I was gonna say. Yeah, and you know. He's kind of gloating a little bit. He's like, "You think I kissed that well? Just being yeah. the first time." <laughs> like, hell no! Hell no! You weren't the first. That takes practice. I got hoes in different got... area codes. My man is, <laughs> my man's got hoes, and he knows what to do. But he he keeps his his uh. It seems he he keeps his uh his love and his his business his business separated between the two of wizard being a wizard and his and uh and you know. His attractions, but who knows? who knows? Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe she can change him. Uh, maybe no. No, you're not overreacting. This is exciting. no. I'm definitely over- okay. I was trying to play devil's advocate. I thought you were gonna go along with it, but you totally no. didn't. No, you totally didn't even. I'm right there you, didn't with even, you. you didn't even. You didn't even try to play <laughs> devil's advocate with me. You were like, no, no. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm pumped, <laughs> bro. After that, I felt like I got kissed by him. I'm sitting here like, oh. Should we? Uh, should we kiss? Like just yeah. Just I mean, pretension? is that a, is that is that a question? Was that I a know, question? I know you're in a different like time zone and everything, yeah. but like, <laughs> I mean, I kiss you right on the lips, bro. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right on the smackers, bro. <laughs> yeah. Can right I, after I, I push you, you against the wall and and keep you unconscious for about ten minutes, and then you w- wake I... up and make out. You know, that's that's the dream right there. <laughs> Can I can I call you Tom? Will you, will you be upset <laughs> if I call you Tom? <laughs> My first name. We're on a first name basis. All right, all right. I, we need to we need to stop this. Oh, no. I bet you the first time she says Tom in front of Malfoy, he's gonna know something's up. Oh, he's yeah. gonna be like, what the hell you just say? So it's gonna be one of those things they talk about later when fucking uh, like he's just gonna kind of give her like a side eye, like, wait, what did you? All right, just so say? nine, I just. Nine is pretty short, so I, I know we could definitely get... Short in comparison. Yeah, no, it's really short in comparison to this last one, so I don't know if you want to try to do one or two more, but definitely let's, nine is very short. Let's shoot, let's shoot for another uh, Let's shoot for another five chapters. Like Let's do uh, like five in the first part. Let's shoot for five more here. Chapter nine. Hermione's heart was still beating out of her chest as she walked with Aurelia to the girls' dormitory that evening. She'd never imagined she'd be using the oculumency skills Malfoy had taught her against him, but that's exactly what she'd done for an entire afternoon. He'd told her he actively avoided her mind, but with the memories of Tom's lips devouring her, she knew better than to leave such information to chance. If Malfoy found out, well, she wasn't entirely sure what he would do, but she knew she didn't want to find out. Hermione had come to rely on him, to need him in this foreign land, and she promised him. She looked into those haunted eyes and promised she wouldn't let Tom destroy everything. She betrayed Malfoy the moment she'd given in, and that was one more failure, 
further proof of how little integrity she had left. Even her word was meaningless now. Malfoy would find out. He was too clever. Frozen glare missing nothing, intuition dangerously attuned to Hermione. He would know, and her precarious position would tilt beyond the precipice. Her world ripped out from under her yet again. But not tonight. Tonight, she used his teachings against him. Tonight, she basked in the glow that Tom's lips left in their wake. Tonight, she forgot the pain, the infinite loss, if only for a few grains of sand in the hourglass of her life. You look like you just got front row tickets to the Quidditch World Cup. Aurelia's sweet voice cut through her ruminations. The other girl sank onto her bed, lips twisting in a knowing smile. So tell me, which one of them made you as lovesick as Amartenia? Hermione blinked at her, damn Slytherins and their cunning observational skills. Which one? Aurelia rolled her eyes. Honestly, Hermione, it's either Dacian or Tom. Both of them look at you like you're the bloody resurrection of Salazar Slytherin. That would be Tom, but that wasn't Aurelia's point, and Hermione could hardly continue to play dumb. No, Aurelia was just as observant as every other member of the Serpent's Pit. She sighed, her teeth worrying her bottom lip as she stared across from her... friend? Aurelia was the closest thing she had to a friend, the only girl she had been close to since Ginny. There had been Harry and Ron, but given her sexual history with both of them, it hadn't been anything as clear-cut as friendship between them. And Malfoy, he was something else entirely, caught between enemy and friend, nemesis and temptation. She couldn't bear to think of about how important he'd become to her, how deep this betrayal would cut. Can you keep a secret? The words were out before she could think better. Aurelia's honey eyes flared with interest. This is Slytherin. Secrets are our currency. We know how to keep silent. Tom. It was only one word, but the relief that followed the admission threatened to bowl her over. Hermione sank to her bed taking the deepest breath she dared, feeling the tension melt from her shoulders, the joy swimming through her veins at the very memory of him against her. Holy mother of Merlin, Aurelia gasped. How was it? Bloody brilliant, Hermione gushed, the floodgates crashing open. I've never felt so alive my entire life. He just lights my fire. It was a hopelessly inadequate way to explain how deeply Tom had branded himself upon her. Hermione giggled giggled in a way she didn't remember, in a way that made her feel thirteen again. He's knocked the sense right out of you, hasn't he? Aurelia murmured, wry smile painting her delicate lips. What does Dacian think? It was a shot of ice through euphoric veins. He doesn't know, and he can't, Aurelia. It is imperative that you don't tell him. Dacian isn't an idiot, Hermione. Aurelia's tone wasn't kind her honey eyes wary. Tom may look at you like he wants to eat you for lunch, but Dacian looks at you like he'll burn the world to save you. What? Hermione could barely imagine Malfoy looking at her with anything but poorly concealed ire and annoyance. Tom wants you, but Dacian cares so much he can't begin to hide it. He won't take this sitting down. That was utterly impossible. They'd only been here two months, and Malfoy sure as hell hadn't any feelings for her beyond disgust when he hitched a ride to the past. 
Sure, he was protective, but that served his interests. If she was found out, so was he. They were tied together in their effort to survive this harebrained mission that spun so far off axis Hermione wasn't sure how she could possibly recover her original intention. But that was it. That's where Draco Malfoy and Hermione Granger started and ended. An alliance of convenience. You're mistaken. The frost in her tone broke no argument and Aurelia recoiled as if stung. Hermione felt a momentary pang of regret but pushed on. Dacian and I have a long history, but at no point in time have we ever been anything but colleagues. Even friendship is not part of our relationship. But, no. Whatever you think you're sensing, you're wrong. Hermione let out a wary sigh. Please don't tell anyone what I shared. Aurelia stared back at her, foreign emotion dampening her bright gaze. It took Hermione a moment to realize it was disappointment. I won't say a word, Miss Gable. They didn't speak for the rest of the night, the guilt of it gnawing at Hermione even as the ghost of Tom's lips danced over her skin, but the last thing she thought of as oblivion swallowed her was desperate stormy eyes behind midnight fringe and just how far off track she'd strayed. I like this girl, Aurelia. Yeah, she seems legit. I like this girl. This is the first person that we've met so far, I mean like aside from like the professors and shit, that I don't think has like an ulterior motive or at least that i don't feel has their own like well she said ulterior motives and agendas secrets are our currency when you say something like that that means they're they're secrets until something's that in means, it for them. yeah yeah that means yeah. Uh, they're up for trade yeah they're definitely up for trade and the fact that she's even said something that we've hinted at that he's almost showing that dacian or malfoy is showing that he cares about her and Aurelia's been spot on with everything she's noticed. Yeah. So, the fact that she's noticed that too just just reinforces everything that we've thought or, or mentioned. So, yeah. Um, it was a very short chapter, but I, it's a nice bridge probably to the next one, you know? Yeah. It's a nice, it's, she's definitely showing the inner, inner tension between Hermione yeah. and her, her mission, quote unquote, and her lust. So, yeah. Like her, her fucking her duty and her desires are clashing here, and Aurelia is a great medium for that. Where it it like forces Hermione to think about what she's doing when she doesn't want to, right? And all the while giving her this insight that into like how uh, Malfoy feels about her that Hermione can't see. At this point, I'm surprised Hermione can't see it, given the, the moment whenever they were uh, practicing the Ocalumens, or whatever it's called, uh, whenever he, like, kind of cracked a little yeah. bit and hit her with the thank you. And then, like, after her uh, presentation with Tom, how Malfoy was actually being comforting and whatnot, instead of, like, cold and yeah. callous like we expected, I'm surprised that she hasn't, like, realized that yet. And the like, way she that never, he she almost, never questioned like... it, but... Yeah, the way he almost, like, stepped in when he thought that she was going to be upset, that he thought that Tom was going to be upset that he got knocked out. Like, he was almost, like, in there, like, protecting her almost, like, like yeah. stand behind me type thing. Like, And, and he even said, like, he even said, like, N I'm not going to let anything happen to you or something along those lines. Yep. So, I mean... I'm not surprised she doesn't know because she's been going through different. She yeah. she's literally bouncing between emotions every chapter, so I'm not surprised she can't notice it. 
Yeah, he doesn't even know what she wants, let it alone notice an, it. An intense moment, adrenaline pumping through your veins. Like you, I guess you wouldn't be quite as perceptive to something like that, but because she's so focused on Tom. Now that is that's his name. Now we're not calling him Riddle anymore. So I'll still um, probably end up calling him Riddle. <laughs> and if you notice now, the the wording is Tom instead of Riddle. It used to be Riddle. But now every time that the author mentions it, it says Tom now. I don't know if you noticed that. I, I hadn't noticed that, actually. Yeah, uh, that's another observation. Like, So you could tell that there's a shift when that has happened. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing I don't read a lot, long... but I, 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 somehow, I've, I, I somehow picked up some of this stuff from somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, this, I mean, this whole thing is kind of like from Hermione's uh, perspective. So, I mean, that actually makes sense. It's, it's as if like if this were her mind like recounting the whole thing yeah there's a complete fucking shift in the name and it, i feel like that yeah that could be symbolic to like how she sees him now yep and uh that's super interesting <laughs> yeah I, and I, he's I, not gonna be, i'm telling you malfoy's gonna be upset he's spaghetti bro he's gonna come after him bro i never would have caught that he's gonna become i i it's weird seeing malfoy as like harem and hermione as something Cause like like she said, they've never been anything. So, yeah, um, so that's interesting. It's very interesting. One more, make it count. Chapter ten. Hermione kept the truth hidden as the weeks melted into each other. October chills claiming the lingering vestiges of summer. Leaves crunched under boots, and the sun sank lower every day, heavy as her soul. She thought it would be a burden, but not a knot in her gut that never quite disappeared. She'd thought the heated moments would drive the itch of unease from beneath her skin just as they fulfilled her need to connect. But no. In the heat of the moment, she might forget everything but those sinful lips dragging across her aching skin. But as soon as Tom was gone, the torment would begin anew, fueled further by whatever forbidden tryst she'd just experienced. Malfoy clearly knew something was wrong. She'd been distant and overly moody from the moment Tom had thrown her completely off course. But Malfoy hadn't asked. That very fact never failed to send dread coursing through her veins. Did his lack of curiosity mean he already knew? And if so, why hadn't he confronted her yet? If not, why wasn't he prying? He'd been so adamant about her learning occulumency, and it didn't seem natural that he would suddenly ignore her completely. So she spent evening meals boring holes through his unnatural midnight hair, trying to see into his brain. Of course, Hermione was aware that staring at someone's head didn't lead to any real knowledge of their thoughts, but she wasn't about to attempt any sort of leglamency on him, and simply asking any sort of question was even more unpalatable. Hence the staring. She stared at him, and Aurelia stared at her, judgment heavy in her honey eyes. I believe we have an appointment in the library, Miss Gable. The dual-set tones of Tom's baritone sent shivers and heat cascading through her. Hermione swallowed as she glanced over her shoulder to where he stood, an elegant dark brow raised in silent question. Right. They had a proper excuse to spend some time together since they'd been paired together for a d Defense Against the Dark Arts assignment the previous day. Malfoy tilted his head, dull eyes scanning the length of Tom before pivoting to stare at Hermione. You didn't mention anything, Gable. Wasn't aware you were her keeper, Mallet, Tom replied, 
smug grin tugging at his full lips. Hermione sent him a cutting glare and the smile faded, leaving only a self-satisfied glint behind cobalt eyes. Malfoy didn't bother to look at either of them, fiddling instead with the empty bowl of stew in front of him. No, I most definitely am not. Hermione kept her focus on Malfoy even as she began to gather her things. His eyes were a tempest of icy daggers as he stared down the remains of his dinner. Her pulse hammered at double time as she backed away from the table, bag in hand. He had to know. That was the only possible reason for such a reaction, and yet he still hadn't said a word to her about Tom. Hadn't said much of anything at all in the past few weeks. Hermione. Tom murmured from beside her, his hand coming to rest at the base of her spine, eliciting a very different jump in her heart rate. She shook her head, willing Malfoy out of it, as she turned to face him. Sorry, he's a bit more honorary than usual these days. Tom guided them out of the great hall, his lips dropping to the shell of her ear. I honestly couldn't give less of a shit about Daisy and Hermione. The statement was punctuated by a drag of his lips down the sensitive skin behind her ear. Hermione barely stifled the moan his ministrations evoked as they turned the corner toward the library. She could feel the amused huff of air as he clearly noticed her struggle. She swallowed forcibly and took a small step away from him, giving her the space she needed to rein in the mouth-watering effect he always seemed to have on her. We have an actual project to work on, Tom. The rest will have to... She glanced up through her lashes to meet his hungry stare and immediately regretted it. <laughs> she looked resolutely at the stone wall behind him. We'll have to wait. He let out a hearty chuckle, but didn't try to persuade her otherwise as they traveled the rest of the way to the library in companionable silence. She'd already gathered the needed books before dinner, so it was only a matter of perusing the material, which they would likely make quick work of. He might be fated to be the next Dark Lord a fact Hermione wasn't entirely convinced of anymore. But Tom Riddle was certainly not unintelligent. After spending the better part of a month with him, albeit mostly with his tongue down her throat... <laughs> <laughs> Dang, okay. Or, or wishing his tongue was down her throat. One or the other. Well, well, that's been since the beginning. Yeah, basically. Hermione was absolutely sure of that. When they were paired in a setting that required wit and reasoning... He was sharper than the Ravenclaws, often first to reach the answer, and usually in a unique way that had the professors fawning over his every word. She hadn't wanted to be impressed by him. She hadn't wanted to find the very taste of him addictive or the scent of cloves arousing. But she was helpless against the tide that was Tom Riddle. Helpless in a way that scared her, that electrified her, and that would perhaps destroy her. She wasn't naive enough to pretend the ending wouldn't be a bitter one for her but every moment that gave sweet satisfaction instead of empty despair, she would take, would cling to until the pain faded, until her soul was merely cracked instead of cleaved. The scratch of Tom's quill against the parchment in front of him brought her back. Hermione didn't remember sitting down at the edge of the restricted section, a fact that likely should perturb her, but didn't. By the second year of the war, it hadn't been uncommon for her to find herself in a location without truly remembering how she'd gotten there. It seemed a facet of how her mind coped with the inexorable stress of combat. Now, perhaps, she was merely a schoolgirl daydreaming of her handsome beau. Hermione shook her head as a bitter taste consumed her mouth, like she'd stuffed it full of galleons. 
She couldn't be so deluded as to believe that. Tom paused, angling his fathomless stare towards her. Are you okay? Her mouth still felt full of metal, acrid and wrong. Yes. Don't lie to me. The words held the hint of chill behind them, but his expression was soft, his eyes a brilliant sapphire. It just happens sometimes. I lose time. Saying it aloud made her feel as crazy as it sounded. She half expected Tom to shoot back his chair and flee the library. He merely stared back at her. Because of the war. I... I think so. She'd never talked about this. Not even with Harry. It started during the war. Tom shifted, his hand trailing the length of her jumper-clad arm before twining with hers on the table. There are things I know you will not speak about that I imagine you will attempt not to think about. The effects of those things are beyond your control and likely mine. That you are here with me is all I require of you. You don't think I'm insane? His fingers traced enticing patterns on the sensitive skin of her wrist. I've told you before, you're beautiful. What you've endured undoubtedly changed you, but you are all the more beautiful for it. I will never judge you for your scars. Smooth as shit, bro. For real, damn. That was smooth as shit. Holy fuck, I'm wet. Just think, Jesus Christ. Does this man have a podcast I can listen yeah. to? And, and, and then your voice behind it, too? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I need you to start talking to me like that. <laughs> uh. It was everything she craved to hear, each word a bomb against the pain. The pernicious press of despair that had taken up permanent residence about her heart. Thank you. He nodded, raising her hand to trace fire across it with his lips. Always, he murmured against her skin. As he lowered their clasped fingers, his features morphed, making him brutally handsome but edged in danger. Entirely different from the boy who'd spoken such soft words of reassurance. They want to kill you. A chill skated beneath her skin and she pulled away from his steely grip to tangle her hands together. It seemed an odd thing for him to say, considering the amount of killing war entailed. Hermione frowned at him. That is half the point in battle. No. He shook his head, ebony waves falling loose to curtain his crystalline stare. That's not what I mean. I mean the point of war is to kill people like you, to kill muggle-born witches and wizards. That must be a terrible thing to face every time you... fight. For a moment, she couldn't breathe. What? I'm not an idiot, Hermione. The last gable to attend Hogwarts was only ten years ago. Unless they used the time-turner to create offspring, that is not your name. He didn't seem the least bit upset by either her lie or her birth. You don't hate me? For once, Tom looked startled. The usual unflappable composure shaken for an instant as he stared across at her. Why in Merlin's name would I hate you? I lied. He merely raised a brow in response. She sighed, acknowledging that lies were something of the Norman Slytherin. I'm a mudblood. One of his eyes twitched, and his lips went thin as the word fell from her lips. Don't say that. 
Don't ever use that foul word to describe yourself again. Hermione nearly bit through her tongue as surprise slammed her jaw shut. This was Tom Bloody Riddle. She might be letting his hands do damning things to her in the dark corners of the school, but he was still the boy who became Voldemort. She hadn't talked to him about blood purity, so whatever view he currently professed was the one he'd had before they arrived in the past. And based on his response to her use of that slur, he wasn't the bigot they had all assumed him to be. But she tried to remember the conversations she'd overheard in the Slytherin common room. Sure, she remembered any number of damning statements made to his fellow pupils. If you're thinking of all the malarkey I have to spew to get Malfoy and the rest to fall in line, don't make the mistake of thinking that that isn't simply a means to an end. Power can't exist in a vacuum. I need those sods, but do not mistake that need for like and certainly not for belief in their narrow and quite frankly idiotic beliefs. You and I are two of the most powerful people I know, and neither of us is pure-blooded. He makes a good point. Mm-hmm. Makes a good point, and he brings up power. It's the first time he's done that as well. If kissing Tom had tilted her world upside down, this shattered it entirely. He wasn't a hateful bigot, a monster who believed in blood purity above all else. So, what had happened? What had taken his means to an end and twisted it until it became a battle cry on the lips of silver masked terrors? How had Tom Riddle gone so utterly wrong? She stared into Hypnotic Sapphire, trying to see. What about Myrtle? Tom flinched, his gaze shuddering before opening back to her with liquid pain cutting through. It was meant to scare them, to keep them in line. It was only a fifth year. How was I to control the seventh years? I needed to scare them. From the whispers I've heard, you did. Honestly, she hadn't heard much from her housemates, but Tom seemed to accept that she had some knowledge of the events the previous year. Hermione wasn't about to tell him she knew he'd framed Hagrid. But it seemed all of Slytherin, at least, was perfectly aware of who exactly had opened the Chamber of Secrets. I also accidentally killed a girl and sent the oaf who used to be groundskeeper to stand for my crimes. Tom worried his bottom lip for a long moment before releasing a shuddering sigh. Not my finest moment, but it was nice to tell someone, finally. Hermione couldn't have looked away from his desperate stare if she tried. Her pulse fluttered at the base of her neck in a frantic staccato of anticipation and arousal. She couldn't possibly find what he'd done arousing, and she realized quickly that she didn't. It wasn't the facts that made her palms clammy or her skin tingle. It was the confession. That Tom Riddle had admitted to her the full extent of his crimes. That he had bared some part of his twisted soul to her excited her. She swallowed, mouth suddenly bereft of moisture. Why tell me? Her voice was barely a croak. Why hide from you? Tom countered, a strong hand pulling her to him, settling her on his lap. Her knees splayed to either side of his hips. Nothing could stop the tremble that racked her frame as her skirt rode up. As the heat of him seared into her core, his lips were, were temptation personified as they bit and sucked their way to her ear. Can't you feel what lies between us? Can't you feel how right this is? You are utterly mine. 
If she'd had even half her senses, she might have protested such a possessive statement, but she had none of them. Instead, she let the remaining ache of reality be chased away by his hands, by the clever sweep of his honeyed tongue, by the promise of oblivion. She was so lost in the moment that even the eyes gluttoned with tempestuous storms boring through her meant nothing at all. Wow. Fucking Malfoy's. Oh, wow. Malfoy's peeping. Oh, this is going to be. This is such Wait, a great Wait, is that what that said? Stuff. Bro, so, yeah, she was so lost in the moment, even the eyes glued, glutted with tempestuous storms boring through her meant nothing at all. That's how they've been describing uh, Malfoy's eyes this whole time. Fucking as an ice storm. Oh, so you think he's snooping? I think, yeah, dude, I think he followed her and he's seeing this happen. That was to, the, that was to, to Riddle. No, they've never described his eyes as a storm. It's always something to do with cobalt or blue or sapphires. Like, Yeah, the temper storm. Okay, and the... Okay. Dude! On in the, are they still in the library? No, they're outside of the restricted area. Or is that a part of the library? <laughs> They're they're in the restricted area still or something or right they're in that area right right okay I think I think they're they're tucked away in a corner somewhere nothing gets you hot and heavy as like I killed someone and framed someone else for it like apparently no, you know yeah, and dude oh my god what a fucking place to call it a night Jesus wow that oh my god dude that's so good man. <laughs> They're just about to get it on, is what it sounds like. He's nibbling but, on yes, her ear. Absolutely. They're about to get it on in the library right now. And, dude, I, w I knew something was going to happen in these next five chapters. I, oh. I figured at least a kiss, but, like, and and he's snooping? Oh, my God. Bro, that's Malfoy. so, oh, my God. I mean, if you're a Harry Potter fanatic, the fact that he, like, has... Every, everybody knows about the Chamber of Secrets and whatnot, but this, the fact that he did actually say to her um, that he did it and that he, like, framed someone for it and, like, taking ownership over it. But the fact that he keeps saying power, he keeps bringing words like power, control, all these words come back to, like, what I keep saying about him. He's, he's, he's trying to, he's, use, he's, he's converting her to his side. Slowly Dude. but surely. See, I'm I'm starting to have a moment here. I think he was genuine whenever he said that he he doesn't care that she's uh what what's the proper term? Not mudblood, fucking uh Muggleborn, witches and wizards. Um I, I think he was I think he was genuine when he said that he doesn't hate like muggleborns. Fucking I, dude. Hold on. I'm thinking this whole fucking thing. I think Tom genuinely cares about Hermione. And yes. later on, she's going to betray him, and that's why he becomes evil and hates the fucking Muggleborns. I think this it's, starts the war. Like, it's like one of those things where they say I the think, future's already written type thing, or like you can go yeah, by exactly. the path. Exactly. Like change type thing. Like that exactly. type of. I think this was, I think this was always what was going to happen. I, I think the war she's fighting now, she started in the past, and this is just her living through it. Fucking, like, I... Actually a good take. I think that's what's going on here. I think that 
he betrays her or she betrays him she breaks his heart and he takes it out on on all the the muggleborns all the non-purebloods he's a mudblood too though himself yes but that doesn't matter when you're evil yeah i guess so Shit, and, I, and okay, Harry I was probably, a mudblood. I dude. probably, I probably shouldn't fucking bring this up, but fucking bro, Hitler had Jewish blood. That is Hitler true. had Jewish blood in him. Okay, and look at that. Like that is true. It doesn't matter. Like they're almost can, hypocrites still, in a way. You, exactly. It, that's exactly what it is. It's 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 hypocrisy. It's hypocritical. Yeah, because they have to. But the fact that he keeps saying, like he even said, what do you say? Uh, you're utterly mine. Yeah. He uses a lot of possessive words, is my point. And I, I, what your take is, I love that too. I love that take because it's, it's, it's like you're, you're like, the future's already written and she thinks she's actually doing something. But you what she's, she's doing is actually feeding, yeah. she's actually feeding into the future, basically. Her, what's her going, happen. her going back in time to try and fucking change the future is what causes that future. So That's nerdy. what I think. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is going on here. With that state of mind, she's always done this then. She always went back in time. Yes. Because like, how can you go change the past? The future's already happened if the past, it, if you haven't been able to change the past and change it. It's weird fucking, uh, fucking wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey garbage that I don't really know. Um, yeah, fucking, it, it's... There's no logical explanation for it, but this is a fictional story. There doesn't have to be. Dark Queen. Like, he doesn't know he's a Dark Lord yet, but he obviously knows he's powerful. He obviously knows he can control people. Yeah. He obviously knows this. He's, he's finding out himself. And it almost like, I, I do think he actually cares about her. Like, I do, I do, I'm with you on that. Like, I think he actually does love her in a sense. And, like, wants her in a sense. But I also think he's, like you said, it's almost like he's already going to go down that path anyway. But yeah. No. I don't know. What is he going to kill Malfoy? I mean, or is maybe. Malfoy going to? I don't know. Or maybe they both, or maybe she like like on what you said, she like chooses Malfoy as well. So that also makes him. Yeah, um, I think I'm thinking there's going to be some form of betrayal. And uh, that's going to be as the Death Eaters, like almost in a way, like to get back at his family. Yeah. Like, oh, you did this to me. So your family is now mine. Like, you're going to be a death. You're going to all work for me type shit. Like. I don't know, man. That's a good take. What a fucking story, man. All right. I'm. I'm hooked 100%. I'm invested after that. Oh, yeah. After that fucking cliffhanger, god damn it. I want to keep going, but uh we really shouldn't. This is already going kind of long. Time, you know, or less, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it's it's hard for people's lives to listen to, but Yeah, we've been recording for almost two and a half hours at this point. Right to the sex scene, too, man. Right at the fucking sex no, scene. No, no way. <laughs> God damn it. It's fine. Hey, now we know what's coming next time. I, I, I Which mean, leaves me even more excited to come back and get into some actually like uncomfortable stuff. Because as of right now, this is actually just a good story. And that's I not agree. what I'm here to do. I'm here to be uncomfortable, to make people uncomfortable. But so far, all we've had is good story. Constantly. 
I dude, I don't even know if this is gonna get uncomfortable. Like I I think this I think all of these sorts of uh scenes that are coming, I think these are all gonna play into the story and it's just gonna add that much more to it. And she uh, she really gotta, thinks she can I gotta close this before I keep reading, goddamn. Yeah, she really thinks she can help him. Yeah, she does. She really does. She really thinks she can help him, so Yeah. And and Poor, poor Hagrid, man. God damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Little side note. Yeah, throw that out there, like my man got framed. Yeah, like, he's man. about to find. He's about to find Hermione's chamber of secrets. You know, he's about okay. to enter. My those. thing. I didn't realize Hagrid was so fucking old. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. He's an old man. I'm uh, telling you, we gotta have. We have to little, have little facts. I didn't know. For our next episode, we need to jam out some Harry Potter movies. Yeah, for, I know for we, we meant to before this one, but we got too excited. For research purposes, you know, we gotta we gotta have a marathon or something so that way we, we can uh, be I even even sharp-minded for the next couple episodes. One hundred percent agree. We need to be on that because God, this is and you know what this is what this is almost doing. This is almost adding a section into the story for me about harry potter like this story is going to be forever ingrained in the in the timeline for me you know, it's like be, anytime i think about yeah, harry potter it's part of your, think of it's part of your head canon now yeah, it really is it's literally going to be part of my head canon bro honestly probably same because like even yeah. in like the movies and books and shit like this all takes place after that so like it can still yeah. fit in just fine with the actual canon of the of the series yeah we're gonna watch He's again, and they're gonna be like fucking Hermione. We're gonna be, we're gonna be sitting here. We're gonna be sitting here eyeballing uh, Hermione and Malfoy in the movies. Be like, oh shit. <laughs> we be like, she's up to no good. She like it's the bad boys, man. The bad boys always get the girls. We're gonna be looking for things that aren't there in the movies. Like she's gonna <laughs> fucking cast like a shitty glance at Malfoy, and we're gonna be like, oh yeah, like fuck it. she she's into him. <laughs> <laughs> she's into him, man. Oh man. Yeah, dude, I'm down. We we do need to watch these movies. We can do that sometime within the next couple of days. Keep bringing up Merlin in this story. As as a nerd, I love Merlin. The whole like lore behind Merlin and the his wizard. Like, I love the fact that they keep bringing up his name. Like, why in Merlin's name and what the Merlin? And it's like, I don't know. That's just my nerd coming out. Like, I actually, um, I actually really. Enjoy. They obviously and, never do that in Harry Potter, but like he's the author said, he kind of does what he wants as well. So I respect yeah. that. I respect that a lot. And you know what? Fucking for the love of Merlin, y'all better show up for the next episode. <laughs>